We're having a hard time with screen time, Dr. Yeah. Gator. Who, who isn't having a hard time with screen time? We're having a, a very hard time with screen time. I never know what to do or what's appropriate. Uh, it's uh, what's appropriate as we've gone so far past what's appropriate. And now I'm trying to reel us back in and the meltdowns and the constantly asking for movies now. He's two and a half. It's totally crazy. Mama. Welcome parents to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising, Raising Amazing. Dada. <laughs> it, it is tough. Uh, you know, as a doctor, I'm always on my phone because I'm answering questions from patients and getting texts and there's emergencies and I feel bad uh, being on the phone at any time, especially if I'm with Eli and, and trying to hang out and, and, you know, answering a message when I feel like I should be playing with him. And so there's always this back and forth and this struggle. And I, I'm still pretty lucky. Eli's a little bit, you know, behind Nico in terms mm-hmm. of if his uh, age. So he's not so into TV and he can't really go more than half an hour. He doesn't even want to usually. But well, that's um, good. it's still tough, I think. I, you always feel guilty with all screens, I feel like. I don't know. Well, here's our problem right now. So I'm throwing Mike under the bus, <laughs> just doing it. Sorry, so Mike. he, Nico loves music. Mike loves music. They they share this, like, it, it, you know, they, they, they share this love of music. I love music too, but they, like, listen together in a different way. And so he started playing Beastie, Beastie Boy videos for him. Mm-hmm. And that is not appropriate content for a toddler slash preschooler it's just not right Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. too much so now anytime he hears the song he wants to see the video which like no we're not doing that and and this is this is where this is the problem I'm having right now is that I am simultaneously writing a children's program Mm -hmm. and I'm out with my sister pitching a children's tv show and reading all the books and reading all the things I can and studying everything I can about children's media and preschool media. And it's very specific and it's Mm -hmm. done very specifically because it's better for their brains Mm -hmm. and better for their learning and all of the things. And so I know better and I'm still like letting these things happen or letting him watch a Disney movie. Sorry, Disney, I love you. You were my employer for many years, (laughs) but like, like that also isn't appropriate for, for toddler preschool. It's not. It's too fast. There's too much going on. That is actually not preschool content. So I know better, and I'm still not doing the thing. Right. And, and it's hard because, you know, there is very specific content that is made for, you know, the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds in, in, in that range. And mm-hmm. a lot of the other content, it might be good for kids, but maybe, you know, different. And every, you know, movie and show they all have different ages of what they're they're best for but it it's it's tough and you know going back to the the beastie boys well you know there's certain imagery that's not necessarily reasonable for kids to hear or see <laughs> i mean you'd be balanced they don't necessarily understand everything they're seeing but you know at, at the same time it's like you don't want them swearing when they're going to a restaurant or, or other things you know, no right beastie boys but it, it's just oh this is okay he says this he uh, one day we're, we're in the car and he's that they said the word booty rhymes mm-hmm. on and in, in the song, and Nico said booty rhymes, and I said, "What did you?" No, I'm like, "No, we're not saying booty rhymes. I don't like booty rhymes." And so now every day he says, "Mama, why you know like booty rhymes?" <laughs> Mama, why you know like, like this is so not appropriate. Um, 
Yeah. But a, a lot of the inappropriateness is in your head. They don't really even know what it means half the time. So I it's know. like, you know, I think you want to, within reason, um, keep them away from certain content because you don't want them to see things that they're not developmentally ready right, to right, see. But exactly. I, music is a hard one because stuff comes on and so you have to you balance it. But again, at the end of the day, you're the parent, right? Yeah. And if you don't want your kid to see something or be singing booty rhymes and don't put it in front of them. <laughs> right. And that, and then, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to be like long-term harmed because they're listening or know some weird words that they're going to learn anyways when they're older. But you know, you're the parent and you got to pick what you do expose them to and when. Yeah. And if you don't like something, then as a, you know, as a parent team, you got to discuss it. Yep. And you have to come to a conclusion and it might be like, okay, we're not listening to beastie boys until, or four or six or whatever you decide that it's going to be. And we might be slightly upset about it for like a day. And then we'll probably move on to some other new song that we, you know, because again, if you think about toddlers, right, it's like they love one thing. They're like, you got to listen to this song or watch this show over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden it goes to the next thing and they forgot about the first thing. So it's not like they can't get over it. Right. And we just are a couple of days. We are also singing the ABCs every day and old McDonald had a farm and like all of those things too. It's not just booty rhymes. But there's worse <laughs> things than Beastie Boys too. So it's not, I don't know, that is like something I would stress majorly over. But I think the, the greater issue here is, is parental communication. And I think mm-hmm. you guys need to chat about it and come to a conclusion on what you feel is appropriate. And then, you know, do the do the thing that you feel is appropriate. Right. And then when we are, when we do have to lean on a screen, <laughs> um, it's more appropriate content. Like Daniel Tiger. Mm-hmm. Or that's one of our favorites. Or Sesame Street or, or Sesame whatever. Or Sesame Street, yeah. Mm-hmm. Muppet Babies, little, um, sort of. Um, well, I'm super excited about our guest today. Yeah. Because we're bringing in an expert to tell us all the things that we're doing wrong and all the things that we can do better <laughs> um, for our toddlers and preschoolers um, in regards to screen time. We have Julia Storm with us. She is a digital media wellness educator, public Speaker and founder of Reconnect. She works globally with schools, parents, and kids, helping to raise smart, balanced, and healthy kids in the digital age. Let's chat with Julia. Welcome, Julia Storm. Thank you so much for being here on Raising Amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. This is just um, what to do about my kids' screen time is ruling my life (laughs) (laughs) i I think a lot of parents right i think i mean this has always been an issue because it's well it's been an issue for the last maybe 5 10 15 years because screen time is so much more common right and i think with the pandemic especially it's become even more in focus because we spend so much more time on our screens and kids do schoolwork on their screens uh and a lot of parents feel guilty about that I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm one of that too. I mean, I, I I think that, you know, when you read the American Academy Pediatric Guidelines, they talk about, you know, one to two hours of screen time, maybe no screen time before two or three or four years older. I don't know what even the recommendation is anymore, but it really makes people concerned, I would say, about, you know, whether they're being a bad parent, whether they're screwing up their kid forever, whether yep. the kid's never going to go to Harvard because they watched 30 minutes of Blippi, yep. you know, <laughs> whatever it is. So let, let's let's chat a little bit more about screen time. And what, what, what are your thoughts around what's appropriate for a, a toddler and a young child in terms of screen time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want parents to, you know, be stressing out 
over their kids watching an hour of something, you know, while they're making dinner or an occasional show here and there. I think what we worry about more is, you know, we don't want screens to end up taking the place of our children having these sort of sensory and tactile experiences, which is how their brain develops, right? And how they learn and these experiences where, you know, they're connecting with other people, connecting with the world around them. And so really what we're looking for is, sure, they can have a little bit of time in front of an age appropriate and gentle show um, that's not going to overstimulate them. And, and, you know, and I would minimize it so that it's, you know, half an hour to an hour for kids that age. Um, but, you know, I also don't want a parent to stress out if, you know, a day comes along where, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I had to do this or I had a meeting. And so I had to put my kid in front of the TV for, you know, two hours one day. That's okay. You know, your kid's going to be okay. They're going to survive. I think the key really is keeping mm -hmm. it to a minimum when they're young and making sure that the content is age appropriate. And then the other piece that can be really helpful, and sometimes parents don't like to hear this because, you know, mom is looking for a break and that's why she put her kid in front of the TV. But it is helpful to <laughs> co-view with your kid, you know, to sit down together with your child and watch together. And, you know, that can be a break for you too. You can snuggle up with your kid on the couch and take a little time off from what you're doing and watch a show together. And the reason why we like this is because it opens up conversation. It's a shared experience. So co-viewing is another, you know, really nice way to do it. Wow. I haven't figured out how to watch TV, like my own pro TV program <laughs> <laughs> since I've had a kid. Um, but you know, what you, what you were saying a minute ago about, um, you know, Sometimes you have to, you know, put them in front of the TV for two hours because you have something to do. That was my day yesterday. And I had a big thing, a big decision to make, lots of work. And it was like two and a half hours. And I felt awful. And then when we turned off the TV, he was crazy. Yeah. He was like, his brain was just... and. So the, the, what, what do you do about the meltdown after? Because there is, right? What is there something yeah. that's really going yeah. on in the brain? Is this, is it, or is it just me and my kid? Yeah. No, no it's not just No, me. there is, there is a, you know, a neurochemical <laughs> reaction that's going on. And it's essentially, it's just a, the raising of dopamine levels when your child is overstimulated by something that's, you know, um, instantly gratifying, highly gratifying, highly stimulating. It does have a neurochemical effect mm. on their brains as it does for adult brains. Um, but, you know, children have less ability because of their brain development to regulate that stuff. And so, yeah, what you're seeing is a depletion in their dopamine and it's going to make them really, really cranky and they're not going to like whatever's next. But there are a few things we can do. I mean, certainly the longer they sit, so, so you know, you, you really want to avoid binges as much as possible because the longer they sit, the worse the outcome is going to be afterwards. But some things right. we can do is, you know, give them a heads up, keep a clock where they can see it. I mean, when they're little, they probably don't understand time yet, but it's still helpful to have a countdown mm -hmm. kind of thing going. Let them know, okay, you know, 15 minutes left, five minutes left. And then if possible, in the last 10 minutes or so, or five minutes or so, to actually kind of get in, I 
think can be really helpful. Like start a little snuggle, you know, so that you're there to help with the transition. Maybe you have a snack at the ready. What really fails is when it's mm-hmm. like, time's up, time to go do the bath and your kid hates a bath. You know what I mean? So it's like, just because you're done and time's up doesn't mean that they're ready to suddenly switch gears. And so we want to kind of ease them out of the screen time zone and into, you know, connecting with you, connecting with the world around them again. Right. And if they're a toddler, then they have unlimited amounts of energy, right? And if they're (laughs) going to be sitting in front of the TV and watching even a movie, let's say for two hours, for most toddlers, that's too long because they need to get their energy out. And if they're sitting for two hours and they have a buildup of energy, not just with the, you know, the chemical reactions, but just very logically, they need to be out and playing and using up their energy. They can go all day, right? And then they still mm-hmm. seem like they can, you know, be running around at like nine o'clock at night and it doesn't even make any difference somehow. They just, I don't know what they are doing, but they like have unlimited <laughs> energy. And, you know, think about it. If you put them in front of a TV for two hours, it's two hours of time they didn't do anything, right? I mean, no, other than absolutely. watching TV, they yeah. didn't move. So they have all that built up energy. So that's not surprising. And again, it's not to like well, shame we need to you, do is, we need but to, it's, but we it's not to shame you for like putting me in front of two hours, right? But that's what happens when it happens. And sometimes you need to, yeah. right? But that's where as parents, we need to say, okay, well, we need as much as we can. We try to minimize it, just like you said, Julia, to, you know, half an hour to an hour um, at, at a maximum, because that's really the maximum a toddler can sit anyways, if they can even sit that yeah. long, which is not that common to even be able to sit an hour. But- in the end of the day, when people ask me in the office about screen time, I I don't agree 100% with even, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics and like, oh, just one hour or never. I, I think that's not realistic now. Mm-hmm. I think that you need to do the most minimum possible for yourself within reason. And you shouldn't feel bad if you need to go to the bathroom and you plop in front of <laughs> something or if you need to go make food yeah. or you're doing some work and you just you just have to right if you have to you know do a reading for a tape then you just have to do that and what are you supposed to do you're not going to like let them run around outside on their own you have to keep an eye on them too so there's a reasonableness to it too and one time is very different than every day right it's a big difference so exactly it's it's about i think think it's about true right i think yeah yeah i think it's about why why you're doing it if you're doing it to replace parenting quote unquote, you can't see me doing air quotes, but if you're doing it to replace parenting, <laughs> then that's where you run into an issue. If you're doing it because you need to to do something, that's fine. You're not doing something all the time. Yeah, and I just want to interject one other thing. The other thing too is that the thing that worries me most is when we use devices as pacifiers. So when you when your child is screaming and crying mm-hmm. and having a hard time with something and you put them in front of a screen and they calm down they're not learning coping mechanisms you know they're not learning how to manage the feelings that they're having they're not having their feelings mm-hmm. acknowledged mm-hmm. and we're not really getting at the problem we're just pacifying it and I really feel like this sets up some really bad habits for them later of kind of whenever they have something difficult or they don't want to deal with an emotion, you just numb yourself, right? With, with a, a screen or with whatever else is available. And so that's where I really feel like parents need to be careful is like quieting their kids 
you know, on a regular basis, oh, it's the only thing that calms them down. It also is going to set you up for a nightmare, you know, of parenting when you get older because kids are savvy, you know, <laughs> and they're going to figure out that all they need to do is have a tantrum and they mm-hmm. get to watch whatever they want to watch. So I would just, I would caution parents on that move. Right. I, that, that's a very, very good point. And, and, you know, just to reiterate it again, this is true with all things toddler when it comes to tantrums or behavior. If you reward a bad behavior or a behavior you don't want, then you're going to enforce, reinforce that behavior, right? If, if, you're, if you don't give your kid a cookie and they cry and they have a tantrum and then you give them the cookie because they're crying, then they learn, okay, if I, give it, if I do this, then I get the cookie, right? And that's the same thing with TV. If they start learning every time you're upset, you're going to get TV, then they're going to do that thing to get TV, or, or, you know, the iPad or whatever it is. And so we don't want to reinforce that. We want to put them in front when we need to, but not because they're, you know, misbehaving. That's not when you do it. You have let them calm down, redirect them, go play with the ball, do whatever for three minutes, and then put them in front of the TV if you need to. But most behaviors in toddlers start for one reason and continue on for another reason. And the reason things continue on when you don't want them to happen is because you're reinforcing it positively for them. They're getting what they want when they do the thing because you're like, I don't want you to bang your head. It's dangerous. So I'm going to give you the, give you the chocolate. And then they're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) I really needed to hear this because this, this is going, Mm -hmm. this is going on in my life right now. And he's Mm -hmm. manipulating me. He doesn't like the babysitter uh, that we have on Tuesdays Mm -hmm. (laughs) or he likes her, but he just, now he realized he he has a total meltdown. And then in the middle Mm. of the meltdown, he asks for a movie Because two times he had such a big meltdown when I left, she put a movie on. I was like, fine, just do it and put a movie. And so now he thinks she gets, he gets to watch a movie every time she comes over. So, Mm -hmm. and I, and this happened again today. So (laughs) thank you. This is why we do the podcast. (laughs) I'm learning along with you guys. And and what about what, what do you, what do you suggest in terms of what, what kids should be watching? So I think that's also a really huge factor differentiating things because there's actually lots of research on things like Sesame Street and and how kids that watch some Sesame Street actually do better academically than kids that don't. So it's not necessarily just about watching screens, about what they're watching. So what are your recommendations around that? Yeah, 100%. You know, if you're going to have to put your kid in front of a screen for a while, at least put them in front of something that, you know, might benefit them and at least won't do any harm, right? So PBS is a very reliable Mm -hmm. source for parents. And that's, you know, Sesame Street came out of PBS, but they had lots of other really lovely, very gentle, educational, thought-provoking shows that I think any parent can feel comfortable with. Um, I love a show called Ruby's Studio, and you can find that streaming. It's so lovely. It's all about social, emotional, and relationships. Um, Tumble Leaf is beautiful. But, you know, what parents can do is they can go to a mm-hmm. resource like Common Sense Media. And Common Sense Media is a, spa- is a, a website where they can find reviews of pretty much every show and movie that's out there. And they're reviewed by parents. They say what age it's for, what you can be expecting, even things to talk about in relation to the show. So Common Sense Media is a wonderful resource for parents so that they're sure that whatever they're putting their kid in front of is something that's developmentally appropriate. Love it. Love it. And one more question for you. So 
for whatever reason, I don't know, Serena, if this is the same for you, but Eli loves the phone. He like always wants it. Mm-hmm. If he sees us on it, he wants it. He wants to watch a video. He wants, you know, for our dinner, he wants to look at pictures. So he calls them papas. I don't know where he Aww. gets the word from. It's cute. But yeah, <laughs> he's always like, I want to look at papas. <laughs> but what are your recommendations around phones? Because it's really hard. I think it's much harder than even TV time because they see us on the phone. Yep. And for a lot of parents, you know, for me, for example, I, I can't not yeah, be on my phone because um, I have to answer texts from patients. So I don't have any choice. And a lot of people are in that in that boat where, like, they need to respond to work messages or, you know, they're about to get a casting call yeah. that's going to happen three hours from now. So you need to get a whole script done for some reason in one day. I don't know. Yep, yep. That's my life. <laughs> so, you know, you're not you're not able to not be by your phone and they see that. Um, so let's talk about uh, in the last couple of minutes about phones and, and, you know, iPhones and pictures and videos and all that. What are your thoughts around phones? Yeah, I mean, I do think it's tricky because, you know, we do feel very reliant on our phones, but I also think it's very true that our kids are watching us from the moment they can sit up straight and everything we do on our phones, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to mimic. And, you know, if we can't unplug from our own devices when we are spending time with our kids, even for a little while, then that definitely sends some kind of a message to them. Number one, I know for a fact that kids hate that because I talk to a ton of kids, little, big. They really, really don't like it when we're half paying attention to our phone and half paying attention to them. Um, And so I think that I know, I know it makes you feel bad, but I think it's really something for all of us to pay attention to because we have problematic relationships mm-hmm. with devices. And, and, you know, again, it's like the old adage, but, you know, you have to walk the walk a little bit. And so I think it just depends on the context. Like if you are, if you have to, if you're with your kid, but you know you're going to have to, you know, grab a call or a text on your phone, I would at the very least narrate what's going on, you know, like, um, excuse me for one second, I'm going to use my phone to talk to my client and then I'm going to put it away and I'm going to come right back and focus on you. You know, so it's really making clear that like I'm making the space for you and then I'm using my phone as a tool. In terms of like, you know, when we show our kids pictures on the phone or videos on the phone, I think that's just the parent's discretion, you know, when is an appropriate time to do that. So if we're in the middle of a meal, maybe we want to keep the phones just away so that, you know, we can teach our kids to be present at a meal, right? Um, but if we're, you know, standing mm-hmm. in line at Six Flags or whatever, <laughs> maybe that's a decent time for you guys to look at family photos <laughs> or whatever else on your phone. Um, maybe you're snuggling on the couch and they love to look at pictures. Okay, let's look at pictures for 10 minutes and then let's put it away and do something else just keeping those boundaries clear so that it doesn't feel like the phone is like this third person, this third entity that's always has to be present. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it's such good advice. And I think it's advice that we all need to hear in our Mm -hmm. world today. And I don't know how all these like Insta moms do it. How are you on Instagram all day long and watching your kids? I don't know how you do it. Um, well, but I, some of them don't have it in other jobs, so they 
you know, they're on true, Instagram true. all the time, but they're out not they're, doing they're not doing the real they're, you know, again air quotes. I should stop yeah, doing that. Weird. But they're they're <laughs> that is their real job. So it, it is a real job to do it. it but is. you know, if you're only taking pictures for a few di- minutes a day, that's a lot less than we're working a lot of the time. One hundred percent. So they can still be with their kids plenty of the time. Yeah. Thank you so much, Julia. This was wonderful. And, you know, again, again, it's really great advice for us parents, not just to monitor our kids' content, but to monitor what, you know, what we're watching and what we're watching in front of them and put our phones away, connect all of the things that matter. Thank you so much. Sure. Happy to do it. Thank you. And can you just finish with uh, telling us a little bit more about where people can find you? Um, so my website is reconnect-families. So you can find lots of resources. You can reach out to me through there. All my offerings are on my website. And then on Instagram, um, I interview people. I also post resources on there. And the handle is at reconnect for like the number four, and then you, the letter U, reconnect for you. Wonderful. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Julia was great, wasn't she? I, I loved it. I, I, I think it's such an important topic, and I was really happy to have her on um, at, and talk about this topic because this is a big deal in the office. It's a big deal for parents, and even you said, you know, for you and for me too, I, like, it breaks my heart when I'm even just texting a patient and Eli's like pulling at my yeah. leg or talking yeah. to me. And it's like, there's nothing that I, I have to answer at that time for sometimes it's like an emergency. And, I, you know, I, I think it's a good idea what she said about, um, you know, maybe narrating it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a tough, it's a tough thing. There, there is no really good solution to this right now because yes, you can kind of go in the mountains and get rid of all technology, but if you want to live in society <laughs> and, you know, you, you you don't want to piss off all of your clients or, you know, yeah. your agents or whatever, you know, like for you, for example, if you don't respond, you're not going to get a job, right? If they need it today. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> um, oh, 100%. And, um, you know, I learned so much in, in this interview, and but really just makes me feel even worse. If we just talk about our podcast, for example, like our podcast producers, like, oh, do be more on social media, make these fun little reels. So now I'm like with my kid, with Nico, trying to like make these fun reels. I'm not connecting with him. Mm-hmm. So and it's, it's, ba- it's balanced. It's right? all it like backfires. Yeah, it, it does. But it, does. I, I, it goes back to being balanced, I think, and 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 doing what's reasonable and knowing that at the end of the day, your kid will be okay. If you're on social media sometimes, but if we're on it too much, that's where you can run into an issue. So we just have to balance what's real and what we can do and not feel shame around these things. But it is a big problem. And, you know, sticking our kids in front of the TV for three hours a day, that's going to run into issues long term. So, you know, we can't do those things and we can't ignore them because that could cause issues for kids. And also, we really don't know what it's going to do to kids in the long run in terms of their being on all these screens because we never had to deal with this when we, we didn't even have screens to this level. So who I know, knows I, what it's going to do? I think about their eyesight. I mean, this is a whole other podcast. We could probably <laughs> get an eye doctor in here. But, um, yeah, I mean, as I said in the beginning, it is a huge problem in our house right now. And I am trying to find the balance and the happy medium. And I guess all we can do is do better when we know better every mm-hmm. day, right? <laughs> Just keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. 
Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.